Andrew, this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. It's an NFL betting podcast. It is one of the most undervalued podcasts on Spotify. Its defect is that the hosts suck at picking spreads. How you doing, Andrew? <laughs> G- great after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was a hell of a weekend, man. It actually kind of felt like a, a bunch of playoff games. Uh, yeah. What's your takeaway from this from this weekend? This is like one of the wildest weekends I can remember. And I'm not just talking about like not just the games themselves. I think it's just how some of these games ended, honestly, yeah. and the breadth of different kinds of endings that we had in this weekend. Like I've, and I, I've seen some wild games that maybe have ended similar ways or different ways in the past. But like to have this many in one weekend, I think is what's so what was just so crazy about it. It really was all kicked off on Saturday morning, which we'll get into later, but it's, it is pretty, it was pretty overwhelming. Just how, how many mad swings there were in some of these games. And if you were better this weekend, which I will also get into later because I made one of the house calls of the weekend of the year. And I think I would take a victory lap on that later on, but man, if you were better this weekend, there are some t- uh, beats. <laughs> yeah. This whole, whole, whole Saturday and Sunday slate. At Sunday, I mean, excuse me, Saturday surprisingly was way better than I thought it was going to be. I, I thought the Colts were going to get smacked around. I thought the Ravens would beat the Browns. I thought the Bills would smack around the Dolphins. And it, it totally went the opposite way. And then Sunday was just super weird like the Raiders somehow won we'll talk about that later too uh Eagles couldn't cover uh Lions pulled one out of their ass uh let's just say now our Jaguars we you know we we took our shot and we hit it big time our Jaguars won uh instead of saying I'm ready to get hurt again Andrew it's it's Britney bitch it's Britney (laughs) uh Texans fucking do it again I don't know how they're doing this um Cardinals got eliminated. Your Chargers won like I thought they would, but it, it was a push. Unless mm-hmm. you, uh, there were some people that got the two and a half, which I wish we had that number when we had recorded last week. But it, it, they, look, they won, they pushed, but it is what it is. Uh, and then the Bengals, like the score, I mean, I thought they would win and cover, which is that's what happened, right? But I mean, it was not looking like that for a lot of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the condoms just blew it. Like, you know, they. Just got off playing the Giants had a bye week. You'd think, you know, you think that they'd uh, be more prepared, and they just they were not. So, but it was a it was an incredible uh, weekend, and just having Saturday football for now two weeks in a row coming up here, man, this is pretty fucking awesome. I'm not sure if you've ever played the game Fall Guys on or seen any like pictures of it online. Uh, it's like a, I mean, it's basically like a multiplayer game where you just sort of race to the finish and it's kind of like everyone just bounces around and it's like trying to push everybody to like one small door to try and get to the end. It kind of felt like that with the NFL this weekend. It felt like everyone was just sort of miscellaneously like tumbling down a hill and hoping that they happened to land on a target by the end. Yeah. Like there was just, there was just some just absolute madness and it all was a combination of at times coaching mismanagement at times, bad refereeing. At times, just baffling plays from certain people. Like it was just, it was a complete tornado the whole weekend, and it did not stop until l- last night. I mean, 
I kind of wanted just to say almost like I'm not even sure if any team is truly, truly good. I mean, the Chiefs could have lost. The Eagles, I mean, they did not play great, you know. Uh, I will say the one team I've kind of have some confidence in again, Buffalo. Um, you know, they they won the game. I, you know, it was very competitive game. I think Miami gave it their best actually effort of any game so far this season. Like they really, you know, went to the mat with them and Buffalo was able to, to win that ball game. Uh, I know they didn't cover, but um, I, I was, I was kind of impressed with that when considering uh, especially at the end, you know, the weather started really playing uh, a part and all that stuff. Yeah. I just, but this weekend, man, definitely makes me feel like we could see some upsets in round one of the playoffs pretty easily. I mean, then again, you know, if Minnesota is going to be the two seed and they have to play some like crazy seven seed, you, you know, well, well, I think we're both not on the Minnesota train anyway, despite what happened. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of the more fun weekends in uh, in recent week 16 memory. Let's say it like that, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, it really was. I'll say real quick about Buffalo. Um, I, I think given that they had not as much of a, a snowmageddon as we thought there would be during that right. game, which was yeah. also which kind of screwed up some of our picks. It screwed up a lot of people's picks because a lot of people were betting the under and the and the cover for Buffalo, and that didn't transpire because we were all under the impression that it was going to be a complete blizzard during the game. Well. A lot of the snow came beforehand, and it was right. on the stands, but it wasn't on the field, and it wasn't coming down until the very end of the game. So that definitely kind of altered the whole uh, results of that game too. I loved during the game. They're like, well, uh, like they showed like a a weather uh, forecast where like during the you know before the game started, you see this big like like blizzard storm just like fly over Buffalo, mm-hmm. and then when the game starts, it's just like it's kind of like pass by a little bit and then towards the end you kind of see a bit of that storm starting to come back but then you know it's funny uh right at the end at the field goal like the snowing kind of slowed down like just enough uh it was really funny i was kind of like there's a part of the of their last drive there i'm like just take the field goal now before the snow comes back take it now <laughs> and I, they, they it played was- it well they played it well but i just thought i was like just kick it now get out of here <laughs> just get yeah, out of no. here before you fuck up <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely was a race against time yeah i will say it, it definitely taught me something though i i see why buffalo had their run at the beginning of the 90s and got to all the super bowls because look if it's a combination of two things one you have a prolific offense and a bunch of very talented players on both sides of the ball, which Buffalo has right now. And you have a guy that can throw the ball through through any conditions whatsoever because of his arm strength. And you're playing in Buffalo, which just sucks. Like it sucks from for so many reasons from the other team. But if you have a, a prolific enough offense and you can host games like that in the playoffs, you have a significant advantage. I can see I can see why the Jim Kelly area was so so successful in getting all those Super Bowls because that's just such such a gnarly thing to deal with not only the elements but also just going against an offense that knows what it's doing in that kind of weather it's just it's such a handicap for the other team also the crowd is super loud and they'll throw snowballs at you so <laughs> home field advantage for real <laughs> no one was no one was safe from those snowballs not even the zebras they wouldn't even call anything they were too <laughs> they were too afraid of getting a yellow snowball got cold feet literally cold feet all right let's uh let's do the awards man uh, let's start with Joe Harris, and uh, this week we're going to give it to Rashawn Jenkins, uh, Jacksonville, 
cornerback who actually played for your squad for years. Uh, yeah. And then uh, he came to Jacksonville. He had two interceptions, Andrew. One was returned for a game-winning touchdown in overtime and 18 total tackles. He had a big, big game. Yeah. No, I, I'm good for him. I, I remember him on the Chargers. He didn't really do much. And honestly, he got beat on a lot of coverages. He was kind of toasted a few times and not really much of an asset for the team, well, especially as he kept switching around defensive schemes. But, yeah, he came up huge in this game. Obviously, he had the first interception, which set up a Jags touchdown. The second one, which was one of the – like. I don't know if you'd call it immaculate reception, but it certainly felt like one, didn't it? Like it really I mean, was kind of reminiscent of that. It was cosmically the, bizarre. The athleticism to get that low in stride to intercept the ball. Like it's so close to touching the ground. He intercepts it, picks it up and runs it all the way back for a game winning touchdown. I mean, the place went nuclear. It was great. <laughs> and like my fiance sleeping after like some overnight shift. And I'm just like, I have my headphones on watching the game, trying not to like, like completely like lose my mind. So it was a, it was a wild moment, but he had a big game even before that. I mean, he'd already had a pretty good game. That was just like a, you know, that was just a big moment for him. So he gets Joe Harris. Yeah. He also see, and I have to be remiss in saying he also sealed my parlay. I'm just going to say it right now. I was, I, and I'm sorry to the, to the listeners that I didn't disclose this at all, but I made this decision on my own. I went rogue afterwards. I took the lions. I took the lions and Jag, drags straight up. Yeah. <laughs> and good God, I cannot believe it paid off. But considering how insane this weekend was, I'm not surprised that it paid off. But Rashawn Jenkins was like the ceiling moment of it. And I lost my mind. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been I've been waiting to use this clip for promoting our podcast. I'm getting that Scarface clip where the push it to the limit starts and Tony and uh his uh, cocaine supplier are laughing on the phone and I'm just going to put your parlay on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to do it. That's uh, going to be great. Uh, all right. Let's go to Mike Glennon award. And uh, you made a good call on this one. Marlon Mack. What team did he play for Andrew? Yeah, seriously. I, I had, well, I, I found out last week when he was playing against the Chiefs that he was apparently on the Broncos after being deported from the Texans after he had been injured for quite a long time. He he was the bell cow back in Indianapolis and just kind of disappeared over the last three years. And he's miraculously turned up on this team with Latavius Murray, of all people, and has forged a formidable two two punch duo at running back. Uh, if this was circa 2018, you'd be extremely stoked on this backfield. But as it stands, they're both producing, and Marlon Mack coming back into the fold is cool. I really liked him a lot. I used to have him on all my fantasy teams. I was a really big fan of his. He just got absolutely shredded by injuries. But, yeah, here he is on this just listless Broncos team. But he's scoring touchdowns, though. Yeah, five carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown, and a, and a win over an even more listless Cardinals fan. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of listless teams, bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, let's let's go away from that before we go to listlessness, Andrew. Uh, bold strategy, Cotton, and who wins this award? I got to give it to Pittsburgh. Like they did an exceptional job down in Carolina, who we both felt pretty comfortable about picking because MVP Mitch was in this game. He did play the entire game, but the Pittsburgh defense did their job on the Carolina offense. They did not let him run the ball. Did not let him dictate the pace of the game. Now, they didn't get any turnovers, but Carolina was really kind of stuck in, in molasses for a lot of the game on offense and just wasn't able to generate enough. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh got some big plays from their from their guys, Najee Harris, George Pickens, 
and the bunch just kind of getting enough on offense to do the job. And it was kind of impressive. I, I mean, look, Tomlin somehow, some way, every season just finds a way to finish 500 or more. Like, I don't know how it is, but he always finds a way to do this. And he might do it again this year. The crazy thing here is if they did not blown that game against the Ravens last week, I know you're, you're looking at a seven and seven team and a outlier and like very close potential playoff team, which again is just mind boggling considering how they played the last first eight games of the season. But yeah, Tomlin does it again. He's, he's just a masterclass. Yeah, they kept Hubbard and Foreman's uh, rushing yards to 19 total yards combined for the two of them. So what's that, uh, 0.19 of uh, Derrick Henry? Yeah. <laughs> this week, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, a good, not a good week for Carolina, so tough beat there. Uh, Andrew, Cowboy Joe West, let me just read this. I'll, I'll read our, our winner, and then you can give okay. the honorable mentions. But Trey Blake, okay. So he calls back two Chandon Sullivan touchdowns for the Vikings. The most egregious one is the one where Sullivan actually gets penalized. I, I want to read you, and I, I apologize to the readers or to the listeners, but they may not hear this otherwise. So Kevin Seifert from ESPN, he spoke with the pool reporters uh, for the, you know, with the referees, which included Blake uh, and uh, Walt Anderson. Okay. And so here's the explanation. So question can you take me through the Michael Pittman fumble in the second quarter and why that play was blown dead? The ruling on the field was the runner's forward progress had been stopped. Once he's wrapped up by the defender and his forward progress is stopped, the play's over. So any action that happens subsequently after that is nullified because the play is dead. That was the ruling on the field. We see question. We see plays running backs, extending plays or plays not being blown as fast. How do you determine when forward progress is is there a certain amount of time for progress ends once the runner is not making progress towards his goal line any longer? We determine that and the play's over. Question. And that's not reviewable, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, first of all, the fuck. Second of all, <laughs> forward progress is fucking nonsense, Andrew. And it's enforced selectively. Just, just like everything else in this fucking league it's selective with the zebras and like yeah i i i i mean pretty much then by by that logic pretty much any fumble could be just called down you know what i mean yeah like well, it's it was like can you or like, submit you fucked up like that was a touchdown well, it's i mean it, it's just as subjective as like in the grasp right with the quarterbacks and like saying who's in the grasp do you even know what that means anymore? I certainly don't because there's guys that get out of that all the time, but they're always saying like, oh, he's in the grasp. The play's over. Okay. The Miami you know? game last week. Okay. Armstead is on the ball. He pushes it out to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill runs it for a touchdown. What's the fucking difference? I, I, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have Forward that call. progress my ass. <laughs> like. I, I just. I, it, like, it just gets worse and worse. Like we don't know what a fucking catch is, and now, now we have to, uh, now we have to clarify what forward progress is. You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. I mean, we just might as well made start, a mistake. We might as well start kind of counting the three Mississippi, right? I mean, we might as well. It, it was just awful. I mean, at the end of the day, it actually did. It didn't really change the outcome because the Vikings won, right? Like that was in favor of the Colts. Uh, that call. But at, but still, you know, like if Minnesota had not come back, right, 
people would have been talking about those two. They oh, just yeah. wouldn't. You, you know that. And and also, to add insult to injury, you had Sullivan getting punished for his second one not being called in. And he threw it. I mean, he took off his helmet and got really upset, and they called him for an unsportsmanlike conduct. And it's like, I, look, I'd be mad too after that. Like, I would be absolutely furious. And I know they had to like console him on the on the sideline and all that, but I don't know. It felt like Eric Andre, you know, the skit of him like shooting the guy in the chair and being like, "Who could have done this?" It's like <laughs> refs just being like, "You did this. You started this." So, like, so, <laughs> so here's here's Walt Ander- Anderson on that penalty. Would you like to hear these quotes, Andrew? Oh, please indulge me. Question. Uh, Trey, uh, to, to Trey, uh, and Walt Anderson, uh, Sullivan was penalized for taking off his helmet question mark. He was penalized for unsportsmanlike conduct for throwing his helmet on the field. Yes. Anderson by rule, because the foul was dead, he gets penalized wherever the result of the replay process determines the ball is question wherever you determine he recovered it's 15 yards back. Anderson, correct. The fuck. Okay. The fuck. <laughs> I I just I it's like, oh, you insulted us for being wrong about our job? Fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, pretty much. I just I can't. I Yeah, I just can't. So uh but you know, not to be outdone, I mean it, it, it the zebras almost got toughest beat of the week. Almost, Andrew. Why don't you go ahead and take us through the honorable mentions here? Well, you had a couple also in the uh, first of all, the Raiders and Patriots game, which obviously we will get into how batshit crazy the rest the rest of that game was. But before that, you had Derek Carr tossing a touchdown to I believe it was Mac Collins, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. In the in the back of the end zone uh, replay shows that his foot, uh, his right foot was clearly out of bounds as he was catching the ball. Now, I mean, I say clearly. It, it might have been hairs, but it looks like his foot is out of bounds, like his toes are touching the end line. Well, apparently, even though they took the time to go ahead and call down the New York, you know, see see how they're doing, you know, make sure they have coffee and donuts and all that, and then call back. <laughs> uh, it didn't matter. He still got the touchdown. Okay, so I guess we don't have 4K technology when it's not an NBC broadcast to see that. To see that's clearly not not a, a catch. All right, cool, awesome. Uh, so that that was fantastic, but. You know that that that's some karma that uh, that all the Patriot fans have been talking about for the last 24 hours. Now you got after that, you also have, in conjunction with that, not to be outdone by that call, is also a uh, the the Washington Commanders who look did not play very well in this game against the Giants and arguably should have lost anyways. But you've got a situation, a couple situations. That game was not well called in general, but. Last two of the last three plays on their goal line uh, attempts, they have a third. I believe they have a third and goal, and they call a run play and they get a touchdown. However, Terry, Terry McLaurin is called for for being part of a, a legal formation and being off the line of scrimmage. Well, guess what, Mister McLaurin explained so eloquently after the game, and you see in video replay is looking at the line judge, points at the line judge, who tells him, "Yes, you are clearly on the line. You are not behind and covering the center. You are on the line, and you are not causing any sort of form illegal formation whatsoever." And then is not even involved in the play. Might I add as well, he's just standing idly over there to keep the CB away from the play. And they call him on it. Okay, cool. I guess that's a thing now. And then, and then to add to even more uh, 
stokes of the fire. Basically, you have a, a, a fourth down goal. Heineke passes into the end zone to Curtis Samuel. I mean, look, the guy the guy was giving him a nice old Christmas bear hug. Like he he wanted to make sure that he was nice and warm for the holiday season because that was some of the most egregious mugging I've seen uh, on a <laughs> on a goal line play like that. And uh, he's yeah, got no, his, like he's got the receiver like double barrel chested and like yeah, didn't get a call. Yeah, like he's ready to like suplex the guy, yeah. and, and, and and he doesn't pile get called. driver, pile yeah. driver. Yeah, we got WWE going on out here too. Yeah, and so that doesn't get called. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, I is is basically on the podcast, me like that's PI, and like just it's it's hard oh, to get a college commentator to say that, PI, but he's straight, Mike. he's oh, he's straight he straight up said it was straight up. Uh, Terry McGauley, as he usually does, just like, yeah, he probably should have been PI, whatever, you know, him being, him being his subjective self quote in quotations. I, I man, th- there was just so, so many, just so many egregious calls this weekend. I, I, I'm sure there were even plenty more that were even more ticky tack, but this was one of the roughest displays from the zebras this whole year. Yeah. It's been a while. The, the zebras were. I don't know. They were on sabbatical from making bad decisions, but you know, the stripes always show up. Uh, let's go to Anthony Lynn Express and uh, Andrew. It's it's your favorite guy, the pencil pusher, aka PP Patricia, and the Patriots. Um, look, uh, they he. It's amazing we haven't chastised him this much in a while, but you know they 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 had like an even record. Going into the game, I believe, right? I think there were five hundred, something like that. Oh, they were seven and six. And they seven were in a wild six, card spot. Me. Seven and six. Okay, they lose to the to the Raiders on the last play in regulation. There was like what twenty four seconds at the beginning of the play. Okay, you don't. They clearly didn't have a good play in mind because they run a draw. If you're gonna run a draw, just take a knee and go to overtime, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're winning in the second half, like strategically, just. You don't have a lot of time. You clearly don't have a, a play in your playbook to go to the Hail Mary. If you actually look at the Raiders' defense, they were anticipating a Hail Mary. They got Matt Collins in there, by the way. Uh, so they're they're anticipating a Hail Mary, Hail Mary, right? So okay, so you you do the the lateral stuff. Why are you throwing it to Matt Jones? What is he gonna do? <laughs> Throw it backwards to nobody? Like I don't really understand the decision. Uh, look, I, I, I admire uh, – I forget the name of the player who threw it to Mac Jones, but he, he like, owned it after the game. And, look, like that wasn't the smartest play in the book. But this is the most unpatriots loss in a long time, and this is why I mean that, Andrew. They did not have a plan for this situation. And whatever – if they want to call their draw play their, their plan or even the lateral their plan, it's a fucking shitty plan, and that's not what the Patriots are known for. But but this is why this is what you've been saying since the beginning. They're running this dumb experiment with the pencil pusher. And it's probably I, I, it didn't work. This is your proof. It did not work. You know, and I you and I were talking about this offline. A lot of people want to already speculating on maybe they should bring Brady back or Garoppolo back. I don't think Mac Jones is the problem. The problem is they don't have an offensive coordinator. That's the problem. Yeah, they don't have a plan, and it clearly showed with what they were trying to implement out there, which is just sort of baffling considering the the structural integrity of this organization and Bill Belichick as a whole, considering what he's done in it throughout his career. And yet, I like look, 
it, I, I'm not sure what sort of front he's putting pencil, pencil pusher out there for, except for just telling him, like, I don't know, to prove a point that he can do it. Like, go, you know, go get him, buddy. Like, have fun. I don't get that point. Like, but I, I, I think there's a lot of very irate Boston fans right now who are ready to, you know, pull some triggers. And I get it. But at the same time, like, I don't think Bill's going anywhere. I think that's kind of an overreaction, in my opinion. But the the this is just I I don't understand what's what's going on with the coaching this season. It's been really abysmal. And I mean, the fact that they're even 700 is honestly amazing. I think they've had some they've gotten some good plays from their defense. Their defense is really the strength of their team. And they've managed to keep that intact. But man, their offense is just so unwatchable. They cannot throw the ball vertically. But the it thing is that's painful. stupid about that team is that I actually don't think their offensive talent is terrible. I like Mac Jones personally. I know there are a lot of people that don't, but last year he was a rookie and they went to the playoffs. Okay. And he played mm. pretty good. Okay. Going into this season, he was clearly the best quarterback out of his class, right? Um then you have you have these running backs they got. They have some great running backs between uh Stevenson and Harris, pretty good. They have two pretty good tight ends. Their receiver core is not great, but it it's fine, right? Like they don't have Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase. It's fine. It's the scheme. It's the coaching. They they don't have – I mean, they just – I don't really understand what they tried to do. Like they don't really seem to leverage any strength that they have. Like you would think they'd be running the ball way more. And they'd be either doing a lot of like kind of like play actiony stuff with their running backs and the two tight ends that they have to confuse people, right? But they they don't do any of that. It's like they have no identity offensively. Uh, I just I think it's just uh, they blew it with with this experiment with uh, the pencil pusher. Yeah. No. I. I. I just don't. I don't understand what sort of sense of pride that bill has in doing this. I really don't know. I don't really don't get the sense of what he's trying to prove. Just go, go, go find a guy, go find an offensive coordinator, please. Yeah. Yeah. And this dog and pony show. Yeah. Not to be outdone to Andrew, the Jeff Fisher football guy award. It's sad to see this team on here, but they earned it. Ravens lose to the Brownies. They scored only three points. Uh, The Browns were, were not or they were favored last week and we you and I were so confident even before I want to say even before the call like oh my god this is stupid <laughs> like let's take the Ravens here and well totally we were totally wrong on that I mean they lost by 10 points I it was definitely by far it was definitely the worst game last week you know uh now we hit pretty good on that under of 37 and a half boy we got that right but uh I mean that was the most unwatchable unwatchable game probably last week uh yeah just tough tough outing for the ravens yeah i i they i mean they wasted a good outing from jk dobbins his best in quite a while considering yeah, that, his injury that was sad yeah and they had almost 200 yards rushing like you can run on this browns team but they just were not able to do anything not with it they capital did not punch it in did not capitalize like three points against cleveland is pretty sad and yeah. I don't care what the weather was like. You had your chances. Uh, it's it's pretty sad. Cleveland is really not a good team in in all senses. Like right. I don't trust I don't trust them. This should not have been that difficult for the Ravens. No. But 
they're basically fumbling the division away and Bengals are basically going to clinch it here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And and the Ravens and the word listless together in a sentence is pretty, it's a pretty sad state. Yeah. Uh, but the saddest state, our favorite awards, toughest beat of the week, man, you have to give it to Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan and the Colts who had the most historic uh, loss in NFL history. They allowed the Minnesota Vikings to come back all the way back <laughs> and win this ball game. Andrew, in the moment watching it melt down, I, even in the third quarter, I was like, eh, there's just too much time. And I think they scored a field goal too in, in late third quarter or in the fourth quarter, the Colts did. I was <laughs> like, eh, it's just too many points. It's too many possessions. And they just, I mean, the Colts just found ways to just, I mean, the, the run with, uh, with Cook, I mean, they, I mean, it was like watching the Raiders. They couldn't tackle, couldn't tackle. It, it was one of the most unbelievable, uh, just loss. I, I mean, and Matt Ryan's been involved in the two worst losses I've ever seen. This yeah. one and super the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. It's unbelievable. Uh, I cannot believe this guy has been in the two worst losses of all time. Uh, man. I, it doesn't make it doesn't actually make me feel any better about Minnesota, by the way. I, I mean, I feel no different about them. But I, I heard a funny I heard a really funny line on a podcast today. If you're Vegas, don't let Kevin O'Connell in the building. Don't let Kevin <laughs> O'Connell in the building. He's the luckiest son of a bitch alive. He just is. He just is. There's Man. no way. I mean, the, their luck has to be a run out do, at this point, right? Do you, th- do you think Kevin was uh, shooting dice in the back of our high school? I mean, he probably should have been if he has this much luck. Like, this is I incredible. Mean, Lord. <laughs> Maybe, um, man. Man, let him hit that craps table. Listen, uh, this is the equivalent of getting to the airport three hours early and then sitting in a cafe and then watching your flight, flight take off because you didn't bother to get up and board on the plane. Like, <laughs> the, 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 this is amazing time mismanagement. Like, this is this is incredible. Jeff Saturday had absolutely no no sense of time and basically had no no hurry up in any way since a for, form of saying, all right, we got to try and bring this clock. We just got to eat the clock the rest of the way. No, he, he thought it would be really cute to see KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson just kind of run around for a couple more hours. Uh, look, um, maybe this is what happens when you let a guy with the same last name play on the same day. <laughs> it might be just some sort of like, so maybe this is just like some sort of like solar eclipse situation, but it's pretty incredible. Um, and as for Matt Ryan, man, I, look, I don't, I, I can't think of a player and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just sort of misplacing it right now, but I can't think of a player who had two games so thoroughly discombobulate an entire body of work and basically prevent you from going to the hall of fame as Matt Ryan has. Like he has I know. two of the most gigantic stains on it on a resume that I can recall and it's going to keep him from having any sort of glory afterwards. It's pretty sad, honestly. And the fact that he's been involved with two of these, with two different teams. I mean, part of me, I mean, I feel bad for him for the Atlanta one. Cause I feel like the Atlanta one, it wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, I think a lot of that was Shanahan just doing some dumb shit. Uh, this Colts one, uh, may, uh, the Colts one makes me just feel like if it's happened twice, y- y- it's a little bit your fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a little bit your fault. And he took some stupid sacks 
in that game towards the end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jeff Saturday is the biggest loser here. I mean, he had no plan for what to do when they got up that big. It, it's like he, well, you know, he, he has no coaching experience. So how's he supposed to know what to do? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to feel bad for him or not. Cause like he doesn't know anything clearly, but he also took the job. So yeah, well, Whatever meetings he had at ESPN about time management, they might need to have start having conventions about it because this, <laughs> whatever was said in those in those PowerPoint presentations wasn't getting the point across. Oh man, That's cool boy, just yeah, <laughs> woof, <Andrew>. yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew. NFL Week 16 lines, lines by betnow.eu and uh, mixed in a little Caesar Sportsbook because some of the uh, lines were not available yet on BetNow. We've got, we got a couple games active right now. Or we got one game active right now with the uh, Packers and Rams. Andrew, uh, it was tough to divide these up, so I apologize if some of these are a little mishmash in the wrong spot, but this is the best I could do. We're going to start with Chris Berman primetime block in Thursday night. Jets playing the Jaguars at home. Jets are favored by one, Andrew, over under 38 and a half. What do you like here? Okay. So th- there's a glaring disparity in this game. Would you like to guess what it is? Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, Mr. Mike White will probably not be in this game because his ribs are basically mashed potatoes right now. Yeah. And I don't think he's not going to be in this game. So Zach Wilson and look, I know Wilson played better. He had better numbers against the Lions. He's still Zach Wilson. He's still getting sa- taking sacks and then <laughs> he's, he's still Zach Wilson. He's still Zach Wilson. Conversely, man, look, Trevor Lawrence is becoming something, man. I don't know if you, how much of that D- Cowboys game you watch, but he was incredible. I watched Sunday. the entire game. His ability to spin out of pressure and to keep his eyes downfield was so immense during that entire game. His throw to Zay Jones when he turned his shoulders on that uh, second to last play of regulation when they were getting down in field goal range was awesome. Like he, he, he is just dicing it up right now. He is really starting to become something. And that is such a significant advantage. And look, I know this Jaguars defense is not, not very good. They've been pretty diced up a lot of times, but this offense the most telling stat to me was the one that was shown on ESPN last night, which was in the last 100. So coming to the season, 114 games in the franchise history of the Jaguars, where they were down 17 plus points, they were one in 113. This team, when they're down by 17 points, is two and two. So clearly, they have a prolific enough offense, and one of uh, like one of the most prolific quarterbacks they've ever had in their entire franchise history. He's the best quarterback they've ever had in their franchise. It probably history. is like, he's probably past Brunel and he's probably and past David Garrard and Byron Leftwich and all those guys. Like he yeah. is, he is something special. And I think to have that asset is something that I have to keep going with. The jets are in a bit of a tailspin right now. And I, I don't see them recovering in this game. Like I, I know they have a good defense. I know they have some assets on offense, but like, the Jaguars just are playing with house money. They're they're rolling dice and they're hitting and they have a chance to win the division. I, I got to take them. They're in this pushing. Game. They yeah. are pushing. They're they are pushing. pushing. Hard. Andrew, Trevor Lawrence is pushing the team to play out to the win the division 
and perhaps have a home game in year two post Urban Meyer year one. Yeah. So what that tells me is if he actually just had a half-decent coach last year, this is what he would have been out the gate probably. That's how bad Urban Meyer was, but how good yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's incredible. And uh it I feel like all the confidence is he's got all his confidence back. You could tell during the bat, you know, back half of last year, he lost all his confidence. You could tell. Mm -hmm. Uh that's why people were saying, like, well, his perform he's getting worse, like he's regressing. Like, well, yeah, because Urban Meyer's his head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Like that it's you know, and it's I apply the same logic to this line here. Don't get Jedi mind tricked. The Jags are gonna win straight up here. Okay. They're they're gonna they're gonna win. By how much, I don't know. I like the Jags again, and I'll keep saying it. I, whether they win or lose, I'm ready to get hurt again, Andrew. And uh I'll take the over here in the thirty eight and a half. Yeah. Well it's not as psychotic if I take them this week, but look, I I, I got to take, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over here. And I think this Jaguars team's got something special and it's, yeah. and honestly, it's the first time maybe ever that I was excited to watch them on a Thursday night. Like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually excited to watch them no, on, is, a, on an off week day. This is a prime. This is a true primetime game. Look, the yeah. Jets are not going to make this easy. I, I think the, the Jags probably win by like a field goal again, yeah. something like that. Uh, it, it's going to be close. Okay. The Jets oh, yeah. defense is fucking good. I just think the struggle, like you said, will be offense. And again, don't be Jedi mind tricked. It's Zach Wilson. Okay. They're going to lose. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Jags, uh, <laughs> the team that they beat on this past week. Let's go ahead and go to Saturday. Eagles at Cowboys. Uh, I think I screwed this up. I believe it's Eagles favored by six. Now I got to double check my notes here, Andrew. That doesn't sound right. I thought, I thought it was still... Minus one and a half Dallas before the news that came through. I was right. Cowboys are favored by six. Andrew, would you like to tell us why that is? Well, uh, news came out today that Mr. Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder and there is all likelihood that he might just be shut down for the rest of the regular season. So that as to prevent injury for a team that's already got a significant advantage in terms of having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I could see that happening. Now, look, that's quite a jump in the line, but as you and I both have supreme confidence in, Mr. Gardner Minshew is Uncle coming Rico. into this game. Uncle Rico is coming back into the fold. Look, yeah, I I know like he's not ha he doesn't have an offense that's built for him, but Minshew is fairly competent as a quarterback. This is a great chance for him to get back out there and kind yes. of do his thing. Absolutely. I think this is kind of I still think this is ridiculous that the Cowboys are favored by this much. This Eagles team, I agree. I I know they struggled a little bit against Chicago. I still think as a team completely, they're still better than the Cowboys. I don't care. And I don't think the Cowboys should have that much confidence in them at this point. The way their defense has gotten shredded lately, the way that they've turned the ball over in inopportune times, the way they've struggled against subpar AFC South teams. Like, I know they're going to be up for this game, but the Eagles are going to be up for this game too, man. I don't trust that. I am absolutely taking the Eagles to cover, and I'm very close oh, yeah. to taking them straight up, but I am absolutely taking them to cover that line. That is easy. Well, the over-under, too, 46 and a half, I, I think there's going to be a fair amount of points in this game. I really do. I, I take the over in this case. This is going to be a really fun game, but I, I think I have a lot of confidence in the Eagles still, even, like, especially with Minshew, not despite him. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this, and uh, I think this is going to be one of our top three picks of the week. I also like the Eagles straight up here. I don't think trading out Gardner Minshew changes that. The Cowboys are struggling. Dak's playing pretty poorly in the last couple of weeks, and you and I have been high on Minshew for a while. I mean, shoot, we had even talked at the end of last season, like, well, maybe you just put Minshew in there instead of Hurts. You remember yeah. that? I mean, I, I we still like <laughs> Minshew a lot, like – and I think this is a great opportunity for Minshew to, I don't know what his contract situation is, but I, I think this is a nice opportunity for him to go on a three-game run here, bring the Eagles home, win some ball games, maybe get himself a contract somewhere else because I think we're kind of in a culture in a time in the NFL where you have rental QBs, right? You have Mariota goes to Atlanta. It's really for a year, right? Yeah. This is a chance for Gardner to go somewhere else and play, and maybe he finds himself in a situation like Ryan Tannehill, right? He can lead a team that's looking for a bridge quarterback or just somebody competent enough because you and I, I know we love the Uncle Rico jokes, but he, he is pretty competent, and now you've put him in a great situation. So I don't really see Philly skipping a beat here. I think they have confidence in him. I think they'll rally around him, uh, and Dallas seems like they – their own worst enemies themselves right now. That's what it seems like. Yeah. No, I do. They, they've been just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I don't like that over too. I agree with you. All right. Let's go to the B-Dubs Express, the Watchables. Saturday, Giants at Vikings. Vikings favored by three, Andrew, over under 47 and a half. And you wouldn't think maybe a couple weeks ago this would be a Watchables, but look, Giants, they want a big ball game. They're in the heat of this thing, and the Vikings, they got to hold on to that two seed, or they got to – they got to try to put on the the wins here with the Eagles uh, still ahead of them. What do you like here? Well, I'm sure the Vikings feel emboldened by the news on Hurts, thinking that they probably have a chance of the one seed. Right. God forbid, God forbid that happens because that would be the most fraudulent one seed in the history of the NFL. But <laughs> I I I I I gotta say, get ready for some more cardiac arrest on Sunday, Vikings fans, because this is gonna be or Saturday, excuse me, because this is gonna be a close game, man. Like the Giants are gonna be able to find ways to stay in this game. I think. I yeah. really do. Yeah, uh, I know the Vikings play well at home, but obviously they tend to disappear perhaps as we saw on Saturday. They did this against the Cowboys and they did it against the Colts. I would not be surprised if they let the Giants hang around. I, But that the three is probably going to be a push because I see the Vikings winning by three. That's the problem. Yeah, here. So yeah. it's kind of a stay as it stands to stay away line. If it goes happy the other way, then you can talk about which way you want to go. But right now it's a stay away. As far as the over under, I'm actually going to take the under here. I think I there's going to be a lot of de- I think there's going to be a lot of defense in this game. I think that's actually a pretty easy under for me. Yeah, I agree. I like the under here too. It's a push, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, stay away. I kind of really want to take the Giants here. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> do. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Screw it. I have a terrible record this year anyway. I'll take the Giants. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, why not? Let's but go. it's a but it's a push. I I think it's a push. Uh, Saturday, Bengals at Patriots. Bengals are favored by three and a half over under 39 and a half. What do you like here? Man, um, this Bengals team is just filling themselves right now. They really are. And I think with the way things are going for them, I feel pretty confident in going with them again. And the Patriots, as we've seen, just do not have it together on offense. And this Bengals defense has been playing really well. This is a terrible matchup for this Patriots offense. As far as Joe Burrow goes, I think he's going to get his his thing going. He's going to be able to do enough on offense. I like the Bengals to cover. Uh, that over-under is pretty close. I, I'd i stay away from that line. 
personally. I don't really feel strongly either way on that one, but definitely feeling the Bengals to cover. I think they take this again, and they're going to be inching ever so closer to that division title. I think it's over. It's going to be th- over 39 and a half, and I'll take the Bengals to cover, but it's going to look weird again because the Bengals got Jedi mind tricked for about a half against the Bucks. They they really they got fooled for a while offensively. I think the Patriots could do the same thing. If I'm the Patriots, I try to really run this ball down their throat. Uh, Hubbard got injured again uh, yeah. in the Bucks game. Uh, I know that's a pass that's a pass rushing issue more than a, a run blocking issue or a run stopping issue. But this Patriots team can run the ball now. I think it's going to be a little <laughs> dicey, but I'll take the Bengals here. Just you know, we've had a couple games like this, Andrew, where it looks really bad in the beginning. Just just hold firm with the Bengals. They'll get it done. So what you're telling me is you think that pencil pusher is going to sum out, out pencils for highlighters. Is that what you're telling me? Well, <laughs> what I think is I think they should do is just keep it simple and run the ball. But the problem is they can't do that the entire game, right? Sure. Uh, Lua Morello is too good as a defensive coordinator. So that's not going to that, – that might work for a half, right? Uh, but it's not going to work the whole game. The key, the key is the key is if if the Patriots are going to cover here or God forbid even win, they have to use that defense and and keep pressure on Joe Burrow. He look, he took some. He, I I heard some interview with him and that he says sacks are not a big deal or whatever. But man, he he took some shitty sacks in that game versus the Bucks. There's one where like I mean, he he went back like 50 yards or something. It was like Bob Greasy in the 70s, you know, like getting sacked by Bob Lilly. It it was you know he takes some shitty sacks. I'm just saying there's definitely a path for the Patriots to fuck this up uh, for the Bengals, but I'm going to go ahead and trust the Bengals. All I'm trying to say is don't get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? Don't get discouraged. Uh, I think the Bengals will take care of business. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Let's go to Saturday. Condoms at 49ers. 49ers favored by seven over under 39 and a half. What do you like here? I think some of the pixie dust is running out for the condoms uh, for the commanders. Unfortunately, I really do. It's it's unfortunate uh, what happened to them on Sunday night. I yeah, hate it when my condoms expire. Yeah, they really have. Uh, look, this is a, this is not fun. Uh, the Boy Niners are are doing their thing on offense. Brock Purdy is playing very well, giving everything they've had very intelligently. I didn't get to say that at the top of the show. He just made some really smart plays against Seattle. His ability to kind of have self-awareness around the field is really impressive for a rookie. I'm I'm very immensely impressed by what he's done in his short stint. And this team is just running the ball very efficiently. I, I think this 49er team is making their run right now. And I think that's going to be very considerable in the NFC playoff picture. I like the 49ers to cover. I probably would say the over because here's why. I think their defense is going to pretty play pretty well. I think they're going to get some turnovers and they're going to get some short fields for their offense. So that's why I think they actually score a fair amount of points in this game. I'm still going to take the under here. I just, I don't really see a path for the condoms. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, you got to talk me into it, but they've, they've just kind of this Heineke thing. It's just kind of like last year, the magic dust kind of has worn off a little bit. And the 49ers seem to be feeling themselves. I don't really see this as a terribly difficult matchup for Purdy. Uh, in fact, I don't really feel like he's had a terribly difficult matchup quite yet, but 
I think they take care of business versus the condoms. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the Filson Bland Bananas, barely watchables. Uh, Saturday, Lions at Panthers. This should have been a watchable, but it's not. Uh, Lions at Panthers. Lions favored by two and a half over under 44 and a half. What do you like here? Well, because the NFC South isn't normal, the Panthers, even they, though they were uh, basically not not winners, but contenders for the Jeff Fisher Award last week, I think they still have a chance to win this division. However, I really am believing in this Lions team, especially after Sunday and especially after the last few weeks. This offense is doing some things. Uh, Jared Goff looks great. It really does. I really like this run game. I really like what the Lions are doing overall on offense. They have more firepower and more confidence right now. I think they go down to Carolina. They get this game. They get above 500, which is insane. This team was 1-6, and six, and they're going to be above 500, and they are absolutely going to be in line for that wild card spot. I like them here, and I like the under in this case. There's not really a path for them to win the division, right? No, not at all. Man, that's such a bummer. They actually beat the Vikings once. Yeah, should have uh, been twice. Yeah, they were really close that second time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see what the Lions have done to turn their season around. Uh, yeah, it was a big win against the Jets. I know the Jets were using Zach Wilson, but really good defense, and they got it done. I like the Lions here. Uh, the Panthers, I think, they, they had their last breath in that loss. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because re- we were really liking what they were doing, you know. But... Um, I think that their their run is over, and uh, I'll take the over here. I just get the feeling the Lions are going to really put it on them uh, this week. All right, let's go to Saturday. Texans at Titans. Titans favored by seven, over under 38 points. Andrew, I'm just going to go ahead and say Texans cover. <laughs> Just yeah, I no, just, oh yeah, no, I, I already hear Mc, uh, the owner of McNair bo- uh, <laughs> uh, buzzing down to the field and making sure that this team covers but doesn't win. Like, yeah, and there has to be a man. There has to be like a mandate on the sideline, like called calling down the Lovey Smith, being like, "Hey, you cover this game, but by any means necessary, do not win at all." Period. It, it's the fr- these last two weeks are the freakiest thing about this team, this season with them. <laughs> I mean, they they've been one of the friskiest teams, and they have one win under their belt, Andrew. Oh yeah, they're doing one their one win under their yeah. belt, and they've covered so many games. Yeah. I mean, they're not any good. Like, don't get me wrong, they're not any good, but they've covered way more than they should have. Uh, and this Titans team is struggling right now. This is a division win. This is about pride. I think the Texans would love to fuck up the Titans season right here. Uh, I'm not sure that I, I I'm not going to pick the tight, uh, the Texans straight up here, but I, I think this is a, I think this is a lock Texans cover and a lock that it's under 38 points. I agree. Hard lock on that. Look, Texans got to keep Bryce Young's seat warm. So they got to make sure that they, they don't, yeah, they, they're not, they're not fooling around here. They got to keep, make sure they keep that, that one solid until the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, Titans win this game. They absolutely desperately need this win because here come the Jaguars. Yeah, the, really pushing these guys. But but think about it, though. If the Jaguars win and the Texans lose, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's getting real. It's getting real interesting in the AFC South. Let's just put it like that. We are we are potentially looking at a week 18 matchup in Duval on Sunday Night Football. 
Oh to, my God! That, <laughs> at the top if that's on your bingo, of Chris Berman. <laughs> if that's on your bingo card, shout out to you. Like, if that was on your bingo card, all the props to you. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to us getting to week 18, but there there is some pivotal matchups in here. Okay, let let me read off a couple to you. Um, gosh, okay, Chiefs at Raiders. I, I know the Raiders are not going to win the division, but they they're in the hunt. At this moment, they're in the hunt. So you have that. Buccaneers and Falcons, Andrew. Both of these teams are in the hunt still. Okay. There's a one game difference between both of them right now. Okay. Patriots at Bills. Okay. And this one may not mean as much anymore, but Ravens at Bengals. I mean, there's some matchups in here that really. Jets at Dolphins. Panthers at Saints. I mean, there's some. There are some pretty uh in oh and then here you go. Titans and Jaguars Sunday night. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great end of the end of the year week. Uh yeah. <laughs> speaking of one of those teams that really needs a win. Saturday Saints at Browns. Browns favored by 3 Andrew over under 32 points. What do you like here? Well, let me put it this way. Uh if this game were on in my local area, this is where I get up off the couch and go take a walk around the neighborhood and go to my favorite cafe. Um, I, I don't think this is any, anything that I really want to be a part of. Mostly I, I almost say bridge to nowhere, but I understand that the saints are in it. So I have to pretend that they have a chance. I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine is how this game's going to end because that the saints team, I mean, you, you see Taysom Hill just walk out there and throw a bomb downfield out of nowhere. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah. I guess this team's still doing that. I think, the Browns cover and win at home, but I have no idea. And also that that is like a criminal over under I'm taking the over. Cause I just think there's going to be some weird stuff in this game. There's going to be like some strange points scored, but I, I, I don't know, man, this feels like a coin flip. I, uh, I love this one. Saints straight up over 32. I just, this Browns team is terrible. They just cannot put up points with Deshaun Watson. I don't see it happening. Uh, say what you will about the Saints. They they are kind of crafty. They do find ways to get weird touchdowns. But uh, this Browns team, they just can't score. I, I, I In good conscience, I can't tell anyone that they can cover. So give me the Saints straight up here and the over 32 points. It's, that's too low for the Saints, I think. Uh, <laughs> any comment? <laughs> uh, none whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Saturday night, Raiders at Steelers. Steelers favored by two and a half over under 39 points or 39 and a half points. What do you like here? I can just still hear Al Davis complaining about the turf conditions in Pittsburgh as his team's playing there in late December. Look, I, I, I know your boys came off a very dramatic emotional win last week. You know, good for them. Good, good for them. Um, (laughs) Just make sure they don't build a 13-point lead this time. Like, just have at, at, at all costs prevent that from happening. I don't think they'll have the chance to do that because I do like the Steelers' defense quite a bit. They're going to keep this around. I really want Kenny Pickett to play. I, I'm not sure if he still cleared the play yet, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers to cover here, and I do believe that this is going to be an under. This is going to be a really sluggish game. I think the Steelers' team is really d- determined to get to 9-8, and eight. like – dead set on getting the nine and eight and having Coughlin pull off another incredible journey as a coach. 
I'm going to go the other way. I actually like the Raiders here, genuinely. I think it goes over 39 and a half. In recent years, I don't know why, but the Raiders have had pretty good luck against, or not luck, just they've they've done pretty well against the Steelers. Mm. I don't know why. They just seem to have a good beat on this team. It's been a similar group for a while. And look, you're betting on Mitch Trubisky playing good for two weeks in a row here if you're picking the Steelers. I, in good conscience, I can't tell people to do that. I know the Raiders are not exactly trustworthy either, but, you know, they can put up some points here. I like Derek Carr more than I like Mitch Jabisky. Uh Yeah, I the Steelers team, I just don't think they're that good. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, neither are the Raiders, but I think the Raiders are a little better. So I'll take, I'll take the Raiders to win here and... Yeah, the, the play calling was pretty pretty bad against the Patriots, too. Like, they didn't use Jacobs that much, uh, as much as they have in the past few weeks. I think we see a little bit more diversity and more Jacobs this time around, too. So give me the Raiders here. All right. Sunday night, Bucks at Cardinals. Bucks favored by five and a half over under 41. What do you like here? Um, I mean... Like, I, I don't feel good about taking that spread for the Bucks, but it's at the Cardinals, who are traditionally pretty bad at home this year. I have to think that the Bucks will be able to find a way to win this game because they have to. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll just say, you know what, we're just going to see how many games we can lose until we win the division, which feels like a challenge at this point. But I, I think they're going to be able to take this game and probably the under because, again, they can't score, but neither can the Cardinals. I like the Bucks here, actually. Uh, now, I'll take the under here. And, and here's my thinking. Andrew, we're probably going to see Trace McSorley start for the Cardinals. Absolutely. Yeah, McSorley, we're probably going to see McSorley. Okay. The Cardinals are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So what are they playing for? Really? It's not, they, pri they, it's, it's not pride. Yeah, they, and, they don't. They're definitely a team that has no pride. That's That's the thing with them. So, and the Bucks actually have, they actually need this game because this is an NFC opponent and this win actually means something, you know? So I feel like the Bucks, is, this actually means a lot to them and it means really nothing to the Cardinals. In fact, it's better for them to actually lose so they have a better draft pick. Um, so I, I, I like the Bucks to cover here. I like the under. Uh, but yeah, this is pff, man. I, boy, I, I I bet they wish they could flex this one out. I don't think they can though. This is nope. uh, <laughs> they're stuck with this one. Christmas lockdown, baby. <laughs> oh god. Well, at least I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. Uh, let's go to Monday night. Chargers at Colts. Chargers favored by four over under forty seven points. What do you like here? This team just never makes it easy, man. Like it's illegal for them to win by any <laughs> any significant margin. It really is. Uh, I don't trust them to cover this because they just don't win by four or more. They win by three. Like I'm I'm avidly su supposed to believe that. I really do believe it. And I think that the Colts are gonna somehow stay around. I think they're gonna not win this game. I do think Chargers actually win this game. I can't believe I'm saying that because I just never have confidence in them. But I think they, their defense is coming along. I hope Derwin James is able to play. I think they've been able to figure some things out on the defensive line. Braden Fajoko and Sebastian Joseph Dave did a really good job of clogging up the run lanes a little bit more in recent weeks. 
I think that's going to be a big factor here. Also, Jonathan Taylor is probably out for the rest of the season, so Colts won't have that asset for them either. I like the Chargers here uh, to win, but maybe not cover. And I'm going to go with the under because I don't think there's going to be a lot of offense on either side. Yeah, I, I agree. The Chargers defense has kind of been picking it up the last couple of weeks here. So I think the Chargers defense generally just wins their matchup with the Colts offense. Um, yeah, I, I like the under big time here. I'll take the Chargers to cover, but uh, I worry it's going to be another push. But uh, I'll take the Chargers here. All right. Bridge to nowhere, Andrew. Saturday, Bills at Bears. Bills favored by nine over under 41 points. What do you got here? I feel like I should take that, but I can't. I don't know why that feels so big. Even though I know it's, I know the Bills and Bears is a mismatch, but the Bears are just a weird team that kind of hovers around. I mean, they covered against the Eagles last week. Like, I think they're going to find find a way to cover against this Bills team too. I don't think they win. I think the Bills absolutely win straight up. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the over. I, I think there's going to be enough plays made by Allen and Fields that there's going to be some points in this game actually. So I'm going to go with the over, like 46 or 47 total points. And I think the Bears find a way to cover. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll take the Bears to cover here. I, I think it'll be pretty close, but I think the Bears cover and definitely over 41 on 41 points. Uh, yeah, the Bills, just they, they kind of give up a lot of points, don't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I think that's a good bet. I, not one of my favorites. Not like one I'm throwing in a bunch of tickets, but. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty fun with the Bears this week. Uh, Saturday, Falcons at Ravens. Boy, this might be the most listless game of the week. <laughs> Ravens are somehow favored by seven, Andrew, over under 37 and a half. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and say Falcons cover and under. <laughs> sure, I'll go with that, too. But I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I Okay, Ravens by three. You know, I could buy that. By seven, I don't know about that, man. I don't know yeah. about that. That's just but, too many points. I mean, you're not excited for Tyler Huntley versus Desmond Ritter? Because I sure am. I mean, I'm a little disappointed in, in Tyler Huntley. Or, yeah, in Huntley. Uh, he, he did not do much against the Browns. But, man, Ritter was <laughs> he couldn't even make 100 yards. No. It was, it, it was bad. And I don't think this Ravens matchup is good for him as a you know, second start. So no. yeah, it's, it's going to get real. It's probably going to get real ugly. It's going to be a lot of Tyler Algiers running the ball probably, but uh, yeah, this, this will be one of the most, <laughs> it's on bridge to nowhere. Cause it's at a conference for both of them. But I mean, this is, this is pretty close to Montezuma special uh, as yeah. it gets. It's going to be really low scoring. So definitely hit that under. It's pretty hilarious considering they're both also still playing for division title, by the way. I that's just want to keep that, keep, keep that note in there. That's that's the thing. I mean, it's only bridge to nowhere because they're out of conference, really. But, yeah, I mean, they might be the barely. I mean, they're not. I mean, they're not even barely watchable. So it's like they're not really watchable, you know. But it's also like not complete Montezuma special because these guys actually could make the playoffs. So. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the banana that you bite into, and it's a plantain instead. I mean, shoot, that's 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 what you make banana bread with. You get it real ripe. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last bridge to nowhere. Uh, Sunday Packers at Dolphins. The Finns are favored by six. Andrew, over under forty six and a half. This uh, this is one of the Caesar lines that we have. What do you like here? Uh, it's pretty funny 
simultaneously looking at my screen and watching the frozen tundra and display with the Packers and seeing them travel from Lambeau to a balmy Miami the next week. I mean, you talk about climate shift. Oh my God. That has to be one of the biggest differentials in NFL history. Aside from my boys playing in the, the Miami mania that was in uh, 1982 and then going to the freezer bowl the next week. But yeah, I think, you know, for the Packers here, I think they have a chance to cover. I really do. I think they're going to try and keep playing hard because they think they still have a chance of the playoffs. I think their offense is going to find a way to put up some points. I like the over here. I still think the Dolphins end up winning the game because they're on a they're on a skid. They really need a win. Like they're they're in trouble, and they also don't have that tiebreaker over the Chargers, obviously. So they kind of need to keep pace. Like they're not not in line to be. You know they're in line to be trouble here if they don't if they don't kick it in the gear again here soon. So I like them to win this game, but I do think the Packers cover and I like the over. I like the over too. I'm gonna go ahead and go the other way though. I like the the Dolphins to cover here. Uh, I don't get fooled by what's going on in this Packers game. As is, as of this recording, we're nearing the end of the third quarter. Packers are up twenty four to six versus Alyssa Rams. Um, my dad's been texting me nonstop, Andrew, saying that uh, he can't believe we lost to uh, Baker Mayfield and Jeff Saturday. I'm like, you almost lost to the pencil pusher on Sunday. Uh, believe, man, believe. Sorry, Jorge, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what tape you're watching, dude. Yeah, I, I can believe it. But uh, look, this Packers team, don't don't get fooled, okay? Like, this team will be lucky to get to seven wins, which is what I predicted way, way back. Uh, I like the Dolphins here. Uh, they're definitely going to win, but I like the cover. Uh, Andrew, there was no other place to put this game. There's always one Montezuma special, and it's oh Sunday boy. Broncos at Rams. Broncos oh favored boy. by one over under 35 and a half, Andrew. I'll take the Broncos, I guess, and I'm definitely taking the under. Uh Broncos by one. I mean, it almost feels like a push too, but I'll take the Broncos here. I just don't, I don't believe in this Rams team at all. Seb, I got to say one thing. Montezuma special. It's not going to be volcanic acid coming out. You know what's coming out? Not lava. It's slime, baby. It's the Nickelodeon game. Yeah. Get, re- get ready for it. Who's going to be our MVP this year? We got to find out, man. I cannot wait. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Wilson will not be in this game, so we will not be getting this the Patton and Russell oh, Wilson. And man, now maybe That's we can a give bummer, it. Actually, maybe we can give it to the Baker. Maybe we give it the Baker in a, in a losing effort. Let's let's do that. So we have hope for that. Uh, I, I I'll put five <laughs> bucks on Latavius Murray. Also, Latavius can you, Murray. Wow. Can you gamble? Can you gamble on who gets the MVP? Oh, I want. I want to. Can we get some nickel? Can we get some live? Can we get a live ticker on the bottom of the uh, Nickelodeon network? Uh, Viacom, I'm calling you right now. You got to make that a thing. You got to keep everyone involved in this game, especially on Christmas. You, we're, you know, look, we're we're already drowning in the eggnog. We don't have a lot of time. We got family that to see. We need to make sure we got some things going on. Give us a ticker. Uh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly too good. I, I'm I'm more giddy for this game for the wrong reasons than I should be, but I really feel disgusting. I'm, I'm googling lines for uh, over unders on uh, MVP and I can't find anything, which is bullshit because oh. I want to bet on Davis Murray. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot I cannot wait to watch my Twitter feed during this game. It's gonna be such a such a. A massive I would have flexed this game in into Sunday night. Yes, I'm saying that right now. I would have rather flexed this in Sunday night and have that have that debacle instead. Just give me something really silly. 
yeah, I guess I'll take the Broncos here. I'll probably take the under because, good Lord, I cannot extend either team scoring on offense. So I, I think this is probably going to be an under, but <laughs> it's unwatchable. Unwatchable. One last thing. This is one of the, this is the other Caesars line, but yeah, it's unwatchable. Oh my God. I can't, I'm, this just tickles me too much. Yeah. I, the only watchable part is that it'll be on Nickelodeon. Uh, Andrew, before we get out of here, I know you wanted to give some shout outs. So go ahead and give your shout outs. I watched, uh, and, and this is what's so kind of incredible and it was kind of fortunate for all of us is before all that wacky, absolutely batshit crazy action on Sunday, we were witnesses to an incredible World Cup final. I mean, that game was absolutely nuts. I'm not sure if you saw it because it was actually a better start time for you than it was for me because um, it was no. 9 a.m. Central your time. I wish I wish I did. I'm not a big soccer guy. I think you know that. Sure. And I really wasn't following it. Uh, had I realized it was Argentina versus France, I probably would have made some different choices uh, about my Sunday. Because, yeah, I mean, I looked at the score. I read the, you know, the uh, the recap afterward, watched a little YouTube. I mean, that looked like an incredible game. And then I mean, the other thing, too, Andrew, is like this is rare opportunity. Mbappe versus Messi, we don't get that a lot in in major sports championships where you have these two you know, like all-time players facing off against each other. It's pretty rare. Like, you know, Kobe and LeBron never played each other. Uh, who's the best quarterback Tom Brady ever played against? Kurt Warner? I mean, you, you, Kurt know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see a lot of this very much. I, I think this is what people wanted. This is what people wanted Mahomes and Brady to be two years ago in the Super Bowl, which ended up happening. This is what people envisioned. I mean, these guys were trading the golden goal, the golden boot back and forth. Like, mess, you know, Mbappe has it, Messi gets it, Mbappe takes it back, like then he ties it again, then Mbappe takes it again. Uh, Mbappe scores a hat trick in the World Cup, which is insane. I mean, he single-handedly dra dragged France into extra time and out of extra time in the penalties and had the first penalty kick. I mean, he tried his damnedest to, to, to take that game over. It was incredible. France was listless for 75 minutes. They were getting their asses handed to them in the midfield. Argentina was playing with their hair on fire for a good part of that match. And then Mbappe just did his thing for two. I mean, they had two goals in two minutes, like being up two nothing in the world cup final. It feels like being up like multiple touchdowns in a super bowl. Like there's absolutely no reason the other team should come back. And yet they did in quick succession. It was really impressive. I, and as a guy who's been watching for me, watching Messi since high school, I mean, to see him crown his, his moment like this, I mean, this is how I see it. I think we always look at it, especially with quarterbacks, you know, trying to end their career off on the right note. You know, Elway did it. Manning did it. Getting guys to kind of retire on top with that Super Bowl ring. We thought Brady might do it two years ago. Obviously, he didn't for <laughs> various reasons. reasons. Which, well, we'll get into that, uh, that down the road. But imagine, like, can you imagine if Messi, who, like, and it's like basically, I mean, he's 35. He's 35 and he's in, in like, dog years. He's, like, over, like, I mean – in, like over a hundred basically in terms of soccer years. Like he's just been in soccer for so long and playing at this level is still incredible at his age. But I mean, imagine if like you're, you were Manning and you had, you, you lost your chance to win a Super Bowl and then you had to wait four years again to have another chance to finish your career out. Like imagine if Brady, like, like let's say if Manning lost in 2013, that Seahawks Super Bowl. Right. And he said, okay, I have to wait four more years to play a Super Bowl. 
I mean, his arm was basically a pool noodle by the time he actually won a Super Bowl two years later. You can imagine what if that happened if he had to do that again. I mean, for Messi to keep waiting for his chance and finally get it is so incredible for him to finish out on top like this. Um, I, I just was so... And again, like this was at seven in the morning, my time. So I watched this and then we get into all that NFL action. Like Jaguars Cowboys was just about the start. Like it was an absolutely insane slate. Uh, it was just, as a sports fan, this was one of the most fun weekends I've had of the year. It was so incredible. And having this World Cup final sandwich in between, it was just really, really delightful. It was something else. I definitely tell you that. And man, I definitely regret not watching it live. I mean, to see that matchup would have been great. Oh. Yeah. Absolute roller coaster. It's, Absolute roller coaster. It's pretty. It's pretty rare that, that those kind of players actually do face off each other, uh, face off playing each other. Yeah. Andrew, always a pleasure, and uh, hopefully week sixteen will bring us uh, more unpredictable pain and pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> I'm ready to be heard again. And get All those right. slime cannons ready, baby. Get that ticker <laughs> on, on Nickelodeon Network. Come on, guys. Get those fryers ready. <laughs> <laughs> Rev up those lines. <laughs> All right. I'll catch up with you later, man. <laughs> later.